0: Please follow us on Instagram, at Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. Yeah, welcome to The Process of Creating. Thank you. Um, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? To the...
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, my name is Abby, uh, and I am a... Um, I'm I'm an oil painter. I specialize in portraiture and figurative expressionist painting. Nice. Yeah, her work
0: is amazing. Thank you. (laughs) It it really is. Your work is unbelievable. Like, and you use oil, which is like my ultimate want, but I'm scared and I'm not capable. So I'm really excited to hear about how you started and everything else. Great. Um if you could be immortal what age would you choose to stop aging and why
1: okay my gut reaction says 40 Uh um and my reason for this is i believe that women peak in their sexuality at that age and that's a hugely important part of my work and my self-expression and yeah I, i 40 would be my my age i think mm-hmm. nice i love it i love it
0: um so in talking about your 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 work and your art and your creativity you say you're an oil painter yeah and an expressionist yeah, yeah you do, that's your that's your um uh chosen field yeah um do you think your creativity is a case of putting your heart and soul um, in it even outside of your creativity actually Um, are you kind of a heart and soul um, or or are you methodical, you kind of plan everything out, you know when you're going to do everything it's set you've got a backup plan to your backup plan Yeah, a plan A to Z if anything goes wrong or are you more like a free, free thinker, free, free painter, free creative? Whatever comes comes, and you honor that type. Creatives, so
1: where do you fall? It. This is a really good question, and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a, a there has to be a kind of a balance for me because I I need when I What I paint, with what I paint, I need to express myself. And uh, I'm always having new experiences. I'm always feeling inspired by different things, different people, and I I need to express that. Um, Mm -hmm. But because of my classical, fine art training and that, that background that I have, there is kind of this process of okay well if this is what i want to paint if this is what mm-hmm. inspires me how am i going to make that happen and it's about finding this beautiful flow between those things so that i mm-hmm. go from inspiration to idea to uh to research to to canvas but it can't mm-hmm. be too long the process mm-hmm. otherwise the moment kind of passes and uh, mm-hmm. the purity of the expression um diminishes really mm-hmm. so I've had to go through this personal journey mm-hmm. of finding how I can you know let go and yeah. the trust in the training that I've had that uh if i do just go straight to the canvas so that the training will come in the -hmm. the technical advancements will come in without me needing to consciously try but for a very long time for years and years it was Mm -hmm. somewhat forced the process Mm -hmm. Um, and i Mm -hmm. couldn't let go i had to sort of uh research how to you know the anatomy of the chin in this particular Mm -hmm. angle for example Mm -hmm. which was Mm -hmm. a very uh uncomfortable a slow process but i needed to do it to understand and i think that's the sacrifice uh yeah. you make in trying to be really good at what you do
0: yeah yeah you you got you got to put in the work and, and that's, exactly that's a
1: exactly.
0: bit that puts a lot of people off i think especially in the classical fine arts it's the the slow progress to then get into the point where it's like you know you can do it with your eyes closed absolutely type situation okay so talking about like your technical training and um and all of that did you always want to be um an oil painter and specifically an expression and expressionist uh, painter?
1: yes actually the the, the simple answer to that is yes when when i was a uh, five years old mm-hmm. my my dad he used to uh play us me and my my siblings Mm-hmm. lots of different kinds of movies I get a lot of inspiration for movies and mm-hmm. he played us this four-part series three, three or four-part series really old mm-hmm. not many people have heard of it called Mistral's Daughter okay. and it was all about a up-and-coming Parisian artist mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it follows his life uh, sort of mm-hmm. he struggles in the beginning and he eventually mm-hmm. becomes incredibly famous and there's Lots of scenes of him, you know, of him trying to find his muse. um, Mm -hmm. And I remember this one scene very, very distinctly of him. um, he, He was falling in love with this woman and he paints her and he's just so inspired by her and he's just letting the brushstrokes come out on the canvas. And I never forgot that moment that that kind of moment of pure divine inspiration. Mm -hmm. um and connection with another human being Mm -hmm. and it just you know falling onto the canvas and i knew ever since i was five that that would be Mm -hmm. me that would be me painting in 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 provence in france so i love that oh so
0: your dad your dad helped your 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 um you realize um your dreams Is, is
1: he still very much your champion he's 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 really inspired me in the sense that he's taught me so much about mm-hmm. um great movies about yeah. great food great art he uh, he was always painting uh, actually mm-hmm. he painted himself not himself nice. but he was he did painting as a hobby when i was younger mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i um i found that very inspiring um, but he was also a mathematician so this this kind of juxtaposition between expression and painting, but also mm-hmm. um, uh, kind of a mathematical thinking and mm-hmm. the the rational side of 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 uh, humanity, I, I mm-hmm. it deeply intrigued me and inspired me. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice, I like that. Um, well, we thank you dad because, yeah, like I said, your work is amazing. <laughs> I looked at it like when I was looking at different profiles and I was just like okay I want, I want I want to message these people and see if they would come on I saw your work and I was like if she says yes I'll be like I'm nervous to talk to you because you're so good oh. and I don't want to say anything that's gonna I'm like oh oh great like don't oh, don't stick to oh, what you know no, thank no. you so much
1: for asking me really it's my all my pleasure
0: <laughs> yeah okay so yeah I'm sorry for the nerves and the weird. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna say something super stupid. So <laughs> no, me too. Me.
1: I will. I know I will. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So, um, when we're talking about you actually going, um, do your, your your process of your, um, painting, you know, like how certain people have like a tick sheet. Yeah. Um, I know you said that you are trained, so you 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 you're trained in the um classical fine arts. Yeah. Um, yeah. how do you start? What's the first thing um, you would say, Abby? The artist does does. Um, do you start with your research first, or are you a case of you go and you find your paints, or you you immerse yourself
1: with where wh- whomever or whatever is your muse for that piece? Yeah, uh, the, uh, the, again, it's a really great question, and this is so unique to every single artist. Yeah, the work for me really begins at the point of meeting the model or whoever Mm -hmm. wants who inspires me Mm -hmm. um if for whatever reason I can't paint them from life Mm -hmm. I'll spend some time connecting with them Mm -hmm. and then I'll take a picture of them Mm -hmm. and the I will go with my gut as to how it will be best to photograph them. I also spent a lot of time studying photography so that I mm-hmm. could capture my subjects properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on what kind of connection I have with the model or the, mm-hmm. the person in front of me, I will light them in a certain way, whether that's through natural lighting, mm-hmm. whether that's through you know using light boxes, Rembrandt lighting, or maybe strong lights, light or a soft light mm-hmm. um, I'll capture them in a photograph I have a, a background in fashion design as well so sometimes I'll include fashion or costume or something they're wearing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I have the, the image mm-hmm. as as for the actual starting the painting what I've started doing more recently is i'll go to the canvas and i'll loosely draw out the the figure i'll i'll plot in the main features the face the hands whatnot and then i'll i'll literally just put the paint on my palette and i i don't even i don't i try not to even pre-mix the colors i try not to Mm -hmm. think at all actually Mm -hmm. that's the real art is not thinking at all and i'll literally just go directly to the canvas and I'll start blot, um, painting on maybe the darkest areas, the most distinct areas, like the, the, the shadows. Maybe there's a distinctive shadow on the arm, I'll put that in. Distinctive shadow on the face, I'll put that in. Using very loose, broad brush brushstrokes. Um, and again, I just try to trust my gut that it knows how to interpret the colours appropriately. Mm-hmm. um and that what will come out will be what's supposed to come out but it is that it's that can be quite s- scary to be honest mm-hmm. um but so far it seems to be working out pretty well yeah okay so
0: um i guess in what is expressionism oh. in terms of art or in terms of fine art um
1: so this is a good question how to define
0: exercise? or shall we say what is your
1: interpretation
0: i think I mean, I, anybody can google but what abby's interpretation
1: of it you know i i'm gonna i'm gonna change this to impressionism i know i said okay. expressionism and yeah but i'm gonna change it to impressionism
0: mm-hmm. which
1: was um it was an era um of painting in like the 1900s, where artists would try and capture the moment quite quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And historically, it's a very interesting era because at this point, the the painting tube has been invented, Mm -hmm. which might not sound like a lot to most people, but it radically changed the world of, of art in the sense that all of a sudden artists were able to leave their studio and travel with their paints and they were Mm -hmm. going outside they were painting you know the the park during the day they were Mm -hmm. painting children you know running around the streets and whatnot and because of the nature of of uh you know traveling with your paints and canvas they had to capture it in the day in that moment they couldn't you know wait around and then hope that the scene will be exactly the same the next day no they had to capture it in 45 minutes so it created the style of um work which was very fast very fluid often um it's about interpreting light as well Mm -hmm. and uh that that's something i strongly relate to in my work i try to capture the um the 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 moment of the, the the connection that i have with the model quite quickly with very quick brush strokes with the odd bit of detail um and i am an i'm an expressionist in some senses as well because <laughs> i my my true art is in cap- is capturing um someone's expression uh, maybe that's a bit of a literal interpretation of the yeah. <laughs> of that movement but it's, it's always kind of been a, a natural gift of mine that I try to stay true to because it's something that's been brought up quite a lot by various people who I whose opinion really matters to me mm-hmm. that I I'm able to capture um someone's expression um in their face really mm-hmm. really well mm-hmm. Okay, right.
0: That, that, I like that. I like what you said. Um, you tried to um, capture the expression of somebody. Yeah. I don't, um, when I did my my stint of trying to be an artist <laughs> way back, way back when, when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Um, <laughs> oh, hello. oh, I'm
1: here. I'm here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I I um, I used to love eyes, and I was always drawn to artists that 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 could capture like every emotion in the eye right so yeah um especially the impressionistic um, movement that for me yeah i love that. great I also, I also like like cubism yeah, but, yeah that's, that's when i'm going through my crazy face um I d- so i didn't know that you did art as well yeah i i, I i've tried I'm, I'm a jack of all trades and master of none i like to call myself i've tried it all tried painting um i really loved it but i stopped um because like yourself my dad used to um encourage me and then he passed away and that kind of went with him i'm so sorry but to I'm... hear
1: that i'm really yeah, sorry
0: i'm trying to get back into it just to honor him but you know when you stop for so long it's kind of hard to get back into that but yeah we'll see
1: I'll, hopefully
0: i'll get to your lips.
1: you later. absolutely should get back into <laughs> it it's obviously something that's you know within you yeah
0: yeah but i went into fashion so i kind of did i did the opposite i rather than go back into i, I diverted to fashion but yeah from time to time great i, I do dabble great. um so talking about like inspiration and influences and stuff like that um you spoke about how you um go to your photo photography um and you you, you use your fashion background as well um okay. what other um designers or painters or um photographers do you also gain inspiration from do you watch out for um
1: yeah Uh, so alexander mcqueen has been a huge influence on my work Mm -hmm. uh i i first discovered him in a fashion book that my mum bought me when i was like 13 12 or 13 and he really is for anyone who doesn't know he is the the creme de la creme of fashion designers. Sadly he passed away yeah. a few years ago. But uh he's a, a fine artist in his own right. Um and he was very interested in exploring uh womanhood and and um he he wanted to make women strong by what mm-hmm. they wore. And uh, he had this background of tailoring. That's how he started out in fashion. And um so he had that kind of very strong technical training which really inspired me mm-hmm. I, I i just I, I worked for him a few years ago as the creative assistant i had a I had the privilege of spending time in his library with his oh, personal hell. books um and i just um, he, it, alexander queen out. changed my life i mean i just everything about him just yeah influences me yeah um from a, a more traditional fine art perspective of inspiration, mm-hmm. Manet. Manet is a huge influence mm-hmm. on my work, um, and Sorolla. or oh, Sorolla, a Spanish, yeah. Spanish artist. And mm-hmm. in terms of contemporary mm-hmm. artists, I, I have. I'm in an art studio space and a, mm-hmm. a sort of collective with two artists called Tiffany mm-hmm. Cole and Henrik Alderlin, And uh, they both really inspire me, not just in terms of style of work, but mm-hmm. in the, the way they, they live their lives as artists and as mm-hmm. business people. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you think it, 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 it's um, important for creatives... And most specifically, artists to be surrounded by other artists, or is it a case of you know you can very easily slip into painting like somebody else with and lose your artistic identity if you're constantly.
1: How do you balance it? You yeah you know what, this was something I was nervous about moving into a like a professional studio setup with other artists. I was thinking is my work going to somehow blend with with theirs um and that's not actually what i've experienced at all surprisingly Mm -hmm. if anything it's kind of the opposite i found myself Mm -hmm. as an artist um Mm -hmm. and and for me personally being surrounded by artists has been hugely important hugely important Mm -hmm. um and I, I highly recommend that people yeah. do it. The other artists yeah. do that.
0: Yeah. Um, what does your art say about you as a creative? And could we say, or would we say the artist Abby and the person Abby are one in the same? Mm-hmm. Or are you two separate entities and you kind of slip into the shoes of um, oil painter? Abby and you, know, you take them off at the end of the day and you're, you know, regular, you're, yeah. not that you're regular. Of oh gosh, so, that's so rude. You're not regular. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I used I used to be very separate from my artwork and I think that was because I didn't really know myself. And then uh, a year ago or so when I was doing my second solo show, I I was introduced to an artist by my manager and he kind of, you know, he became my mentor and he ke- he was very Italian and he was very, you know, he-, he really had a lot of emotion. He felt every word that he said and kept saying to me, Abby, you know, you are your artwork. You are one and the mm-hmm. same. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it for so long. What does that mean? you know? And maybe I'm more like, maybe I'm more entwined with my artwork than I realized. And I, mm-hmm. it's something I've been exploring ever since. And now I can definitely say that. I am one with my work. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely an extension of my own mind and psychology, and it's mm-hmm. it's an exploration of my mind. Sometimes I get surprised at what it is yeah. I'm exploring, and sometimes we we we, we think and we think and about our lives and the things that happen to us. But when you see it there in front of you visually, it mm-hmm. takes it to a whole other, other level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: um, so being at one with your work and your and I, I presume sometimes um, you have to collaborate um, Do you actually let, let me presume do you actually collaborate? And how how does um, and fine art painter collaborate um, in in which ways do you kind yeah. of take your your creativity into another? Um, person's creativity and how do you still stick to being you without feeling like your art and you are being attacked or your toes have been stepped mm. on um, how how have you within finding, yourselves and, finding yourself and then being one with your art and being so proud of your art and having such a confident creative identity how do you collaborate how do you stay above water yeah in all those situations, yeah.
1: Well, you know, it, for for all the artists out there who will hopefully be listening to this, mm-hmm. it it's a very i I don't collaborate with my artwork. I haven't collaborated with my artwork yet, mm-hmm. um, and the reason for that is I was very. uh Strong in my belief that I needed to find who I was before I started um, confidently and effectively collaborating. Mm-hmm. That was just my approach, um, and that. But now, but I knew that when I was when I would be ready, the right people would come to me, and I have started to build relationships. Funnily enough, not mm-hmm. with other artists, but with fashion brands. That I really connect with, yeah, and and the idea is that they have come to me. They see what I'm doing, yeah, and they understand my world. I mm-hmm. understand their world, and our worlds will merge to create a third dimension. Rather yeah. than their aesthetic-, aesthetic drowning in my aesthetic mm-hmm. yeah. and feeling like I'm losing myself when I'm not. For me, that I wouldn't get anything from that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's my answer. But for, for me, at the moment, it, mm-hmm. I you know I I'm potentially going to be doing a collaboration with a with a fashion brand based in in India in, mm-hmm. in Bombay. Um, and uh, what's in amazing about this particular collaboration? is what they want me to do is so in tune and in line with my vision as an artist and it will be so much easier to achieve this vision working with them rather than on my own and that's a beautiful sweet spot to be in Yeah, that's a beautiful sweet spot to be in
0: yeah that like harmonious um, moment where you find another completely different discipline but you kind of find that moment of wow, good synergy.
1: Yes. Energy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Exactly. And again, you know, on the the, the fashion brand side of things, mm-hmm. I have always loved fashion. Um, I obviously I studied it on for my degree for mm-hmm. went on for like five or six years. Um, it's very intrinsically a part of what I do, um, and I'm not quite sure where I was going with this. But it, I now feel like I'm at a point where I want to merge fashion and fine arts together, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that.
0: Oh, I can't wait to see that. Wow, <laughs> Me too. that's right up my alley. <laughs> Me too. Um, so, um, you say you're in a studio um, with your own work specifically. Do you have a team that like helps you out, or are you kind of like a lone wolf, or if you do have a team how was it how was that transition from being you know from starting out to then being able to get help and be able to fulfill your vision
1: Mm -hmm. with like-minded people who are you orientated and they want to see you win yeah i i I don't have a team at the moment that i work with um Mm -hmm. although i we out we might be getting an assistant for our studio space to help us uh with the studio I've had a few people contact me recently about um art Mm assistants, looking for those positions Mm -hmm. um but it's it's not something I have right now but possibly in the future depending on how uh extreme my work goes because I Mm -hmm. might start going really large scale but we'll we'll see we'll see about that we'll see
0: yeah Oh, that's cool though. Ooh, leveling up. <laughs> nice, I love it. Listen, I'm all about getting an assistant because this world of creativity
1: with social media. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. I Literally. I told. I was telling my 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 best friend. I was like, Yeah, we're thinking about getting an assistant for the studio. And I, I had someone contact me recently about uh, doing it. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know what you know we'd get them to do. And he was like, Abby, ah, get them to help with social media and the marketing. I was like, yes! yes!
0: Yes. I feel like social from time to time it's fun. Like when I get like the right kind of like combination going and like um the words are flowing out, it's fun. But then those days where maybe the the grid is not looking like how I want it to look. And my feed is trash or yeah, my 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 story is like, wait, I don't understand what am I trying to say to people here it's so sucking like honestly it's like a dementia I know I know
1: I totally (laughs) I totally get it
0: (laughs) but in 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 talking about like social media and everything else like how have you kind of navigated social as it's you know developed Mm -hmm. so many platforms um and also has it has it benefited your your um, creative career? And during these weird times of you know, all sorts is happening like every day. Jeez, <laughs> like you know, yeah. pandemic, basically feeling like the world is ending. Um, <laughs> and then every day is like a new thing online yeah. that's just forced upon you to kind of you have to watch it or you have to read it, even if you don't want to. You, it yeah, it's there how as a creative person how have you navigated all of that and how do you kind of keep yourself sane how do you how and how do you kind of fend off the naysayers online because you know everybody's a critic
1: yeah yeah the, the, you, know, you know i i started really taking social media seriously not that long ago the beginning of lockdown <laughs> about march time <laughs> because my my current studio mate tiffany cole she's really big on instagram and Mm -hmm. a while back she said to me abby really gotta get on instagram Mm -hmm. um and weirdly i was so kind of resistant to it for so long Mm -hmm. and the moment i made that decision to just go for it i gotta tell you it's it's really changed everything for me Mm mm-hmm mainly because it's given me a chance to consolidate my identity as an Mm -hmm. artist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and to really consider my branding um of my character the branding Mm of what i want to say and how that feeds into my artwork and how it's all kind of one loop Mm -hmm. um in terms of how that's manifested uh materially um mm-hmm. I mean my following is not massive yet I mean it's growing mm. rapidly but it's not massive yet but even now I have sold loads of work for Instagram congratulations thank you thank you um and um you know I've I've built I've I've been in, I'm in conversation with mm-hmm. certain companies about you know collaborations and mm-hmm. uh um staying in a you know, chateau in France and I'll paint mm-hmm. the show and you know all random stuff like that um mm-hmm. and you know in, in terms of 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 this in relation to the pandemic mm-hmm. um the way I've kind of tried to look at it is people have been trapped in their homes um mm-hmm a lot of people who are used to going out to um the office you know mingling and socializing with people in in their office and all of a sudden they're at home they don't they don't necessarily have uh hobbies i mean they might have hobbies but they they um they, they're just not used to it they're not used to having mm-hmm. to be at home and to entertain themselves and to find mm-hmm. and, and to find uh satisfaction with, with not being in the outside world and I've tried mm-hmm. to take the opportunity to express to these people what what my life is like and what uh, an inspiration and and uh, poetry and and painting and the process of painting and mm-hmm. um, I think people on my Instagram have just enjoyed it they've just enjoyed seeing that I've just, that's how I've tried to look at it or oh, maybe they don't mm-hmm. enjoy it I don't know but then they can follow
0: No, they enjoy it It's good. <laughs> if they don't send them my way I'll, I'll, be, so I'll be your professional troll <laughs> I like <laughs> I went through a phase where I was just like trolling everybody like I would find an artist and I was like like, why are you saying that and I will troll the person who's trolling really I love
1: that yeah we need to plug like not- you
0: Lockdown, lockdown is weird. Like, yeah, I went through all sorts of phases. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I've I finally come to a good one, and I'm sticking to this one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, how how do you cope with the long hours, um, that you sometimes you probably have to put in? Like, is is it a case of because you enjoy it so much and it's something that you've always wanted to do? You kind of don't you don't think about it
1: as yeah yeah well you know that are you still there
0: yeah
1: oh, okay good <laughs> uh I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so so for my whole life art has just been blended into my world and thought and for, for you know the past 10 years or so of me studying fashion studying art I've had to use every single minute of my life spare minute of my life to study to research
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i've only realized this recently how much of my life i've dedicated to trying to get somewhere with my career because i I moved into this studio setup with these other artists and um you know we're all full time with work and for the first time in my, my life i'm going to the studio every day as if i'm going to the office i come you know i wake up in the morning i do my workout my meditation and i head to the office and i do i'm here to work and then i leave and that process of going to my work and leaving has changed my relationship with painting uh in the sense that for the first time ever it's separate it's separate from, you know, normal life, shall we speak. And that was a really, uh, what's the word when it just take it, it shook me a little bit um, because I had to learn to re-navigate, to, to, to find my identity uh, outside of, of my work. <laughs> um, some people will continue to go to the studio every single day and work all night. Uh, but my, you know, Henrik, who Henrik Uldalen, who I'm in the studio with, he's very much of this mentality of, you know, nine to five, treat it like a job, weekends, you don't come in. And I'm trying, I'm trying to do that because I think I am much more productive when I'm in here and controlled hours. Um, but when I was studying on my degree in fashion, it was like seven days a week. 12 13 hour days when it's ridiculous it's really <laughs> ridiculous I don't know how productive we are in, in you know spending all that time on our work so but yeah. having said that you know I'm sure that when I'm coming up to my my next show I'll probably go back to working long hours leading up yes. to it yeah
0: yeah you have to you have to put in the hours to make it work. I I don't know how <sighs> yeah but th- those degree hours I-, I remember when they when i first when i went into first year of fashioning, they said minimum 35 hours teaching i was like okay i could do that and they're like you have to then put in extra hours yourself i oh, was like <laughs> <laughs> um i enjoyed pattern cutting yeah i went thinking i was going to be a designer because i too am inspired by mcqueen Great, um, great, and I used to watch all the documentaries and everything else, and all the shows, and I was like, I can be like that. Yeah. And then I realized, yeah, my degree kind of sucked the the soul out of my designing passion. Right. Yeah. But okay. I loved the technical aspect of pattern cutting mm. because it makes sense. Mm. You draw this line at this angle, you get this curve. You get this, you know. Yeah. Add this up, you can get this pleat. Everything kind of makes sense, and it worked for my brain. Yeah. Um. But yeah now I'm just like okay I've got I've got pattern cutting in the tuck but you know you come out of uni and you think you're gonna be the next best thing and
1: reality hits you like a, start like just a slap in the just face like... isn't it it's is such <laughs> yeah. a the face when you finish your fashion degree because like it's such an like egotistical environment they really build you up when you're there yeah and then you come out and you're like whoa no one gives a shit right now <laughs> and you're like wait i have to pay rent like every
0: month
1: <laughs> <Really>? oh <laughs> no? man it was hell like two years after my degree was like it was so unsettling man it was yeah. so unsettling yeah yeah
0: but you know we move as the youth will say and you <laughs> kind of make it do but it's not that i've like given up on my hopes of fashion i still like make things from time to time but no i i, I like to find out about other people creativity and how they work i'm nosy like that so
1: hence the podcast <laughs> it's a great way to learn i must admit it's an amazing way yeah. to learn
0: it really is like yeah it really, some people are kind of similar in their working and i'm always like oh well, maybe i should like make these people meet they might Get on, mm. and then other people are like doing the same thing, but they're completely different yeah. in how they approach it. And they may have like learned this at the same school at some point, but they completely take it differently. And it, and I love that aspect of it. I really do. I think it's amazing, it's absolutely amazing. Um, uh, are you current? Are you currently reading
1: any books? Watching anything interesting? Yeah, this book is so deep. Uh the untethered soul by michael a singer it's um let me find the review so uh, it's basically all about it he very clearly describes the nature of thoughts um and energy and how limiting our thoughts are and how we're controlled by the things we think we are we identify with what we think but mm-hmm. in actual fact our thoughts are shaped by things that happened in the past they're shaped by things that people said they're shaped by things we heard once on tv um, or a movie that we watched last week and there are not, really nothing to do with who we really are and in this book uh the author helps you to disidentify with thoughts and to to truly experience the beauty of the moment um by opening up your yourself and your heart and it's it's very very moving actually i've never read it so so literally uh, yeah, i mean i've had experiences where i've very much disconnected from my mind but that's usually come through through come from being at temples um, or from meditation or chanting um so and then i'm reading another book which has just come through the post it's called the conditions of love conditions Mm -hmm. of Love by john armstrong which is all about the philosophy of intimacy and how to define love okay um it's something that's allured humankind for so long and we're so fascinated by it and we're always longing for it Mm -hmm. um and in this book he tries to talk about what that is it's very interesting it's 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 inspiring to my work actually yeah yeah
0: um at the start of the of our podcast actually you spoke about how you know um, sexuality and women women's sexuality is very important to your work. Yeah. And by the by the sounds of about what you read it, it 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 is like quite a, a big point that you wanna put across. Yeah. Why what made you choose that as a as a theme? To your work mm-hmm. is one of the themes to your work.
1: Let me think about that for a second. As a as a portrait artist, I'm you know, there's a there's a whole philosophy around what a portrait is, mm-hmm. and some people will argue that a portrait of somebody else is a self-portrait, it's a reflection of of the artist, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I guess I'm always trying to discover. At the moment, I'm really trying to discover who I am as a a woman, and and document my changing um, relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, this transition from, uh, you know, a a young person to a sort of fully fledged adult, and and what it means to be a woman. Uh, mm-hmm. Why that's something that frequently comes out in my work, I don't really know. I just mm-hmm. have always painted people. And I'm much, I, I think women are incredible. I think there's something really deeply fascinating uh, about us. And mm-hmm. there's something particularly fascinating about human sexuality and uh, and gender. Um, and i am always i'm trying to explore that and understand that in my work but uh, perhaps because that's something that's very complex in myself it's not a black and white thing i i'm you know at the moment i'm really questioning my mm-hmm. relationship with men um and mm-hmm. and and how that's evolved as a result of experiences i've had as a child how so- and how society has shaped, the way i think i should behave as a woman and i've become very conscious of that recently that i often walk around behaving in a way that's not conducive to my true self um and i i feel that when i'm around uh certain kinds of of men i've changed the way i behave i feel more submissive i feel uh uh less in line with with me I feel like I'm here to, all all of a sudden to serve them mm-hmm. and uh, there's this kind of immediate objectivity um, in in the dynamic of the relationship that's it's not consciously done I never did it on purpose but I think a lot of women do it unconsciously mm-hmm. and I'm trying to step away from that and ask myself who am I really mm-hmm. um, when I'm not um, aligning myself to these um, you know the, these these unwritten rules that society Mm. has created Mm -hmm. Mm.
0: okay that's that's a that's a very good question i've never really thought of how one behaves um unconsciously like the unconscious bias of of sexual behavior right um yeah it's it's not something because you know it's just a natural thing you kind of fall into step Yes, of, of the feminine role, whatever the culture you 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 come from defines the feminine role. Exactly, so sort of
1: like, exactly, yeah. and you know if you look at, you know, I know that we both love Alexander McQueen, but he really changed the rules in terms of how women are perceived through the way they dress. you know be- mm-hmm. before mcqueen women were very feminine and elegant and you see the way they moved down the runway mm-hmm. there was always the way that they would walk in the 90s of sort mm-hmm. of like strutting their stuff and uh looking incredibly yeah. traditionally feminine and then mm-hmm. mcqueen comes along and he's like women Need to feel fierce. They need to feel strong, like they're mm-hmm. in control. He changed mm-hmm. the the silhouette. He changed the way that they walked, the way their their makeup was worn, and there was almost something kind of scary about mm-hmm. the 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 models that he dressed his clothes in. Or at least, um, from a societal perspective, they're perceived mm-hmm. as scary. But I think he really cha- was wanted to redefine what it means to be a woman.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and uh, yeah I, I, hello hi hi yeah I, 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 I believe I, I believe that too and I agree um, what would be your one if you had to pick the one um, McQueen show that he ever
1: did which one would you have to pick i think it's going to be spring summer 2010 Mm -hmm. let me just double check that it's the one i'm talking about yeah so alexander mcqueen spring summer 2010 it's a it's a it's i mean it's by far his best show it's
0: the last one that he actually yeah. worked on, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah.
1: It's 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 a tragic show because mm-hmm. I think Sart so, in some ways look from I've studied him ex- extensively mm-hmm. and um I went to a course at the I think it was the Victorian Albert Museum, mm-hmm. which was run over spread over a few days where they brought all the people that worked with him and he had a massive team. But all mm-hmm. worked with him um, and interviewed them mm-hmm. was the models, the you know, the jewellery designers, his assistants. Mm-hmm. And um but it, it was by far his best show and I think he knew somehow that it was gonna be his last, but it was incredibly mm-hmm. a- accomplished. Um mm-hmm. the 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 prints were phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the range the, the the range of garments was phenomenal. The story behind mm-hmm. the collection was phenomenal. This idea of sort of women sort of living this this um, other reality when uh, you know they've sort of come up from the sea after millions of years of being mm-hmm. extinct, and so McQueen at his at his best, and you know, and, and it also still had his his true self in there with this. This camera thing that he did, you know, having the the the, like, the cameras mm. changing angles and it was very disorientating. Mm. Um it it was it was absolutely a genius and from a from a like a business perspective as well. It was a very commercially viable mm. collection too. The the other Alexander McQueen collection, which I love, which oh what was it? Is it Is it two thousand and eight? 2003 no can't remember anyway yeah we'll just yeah but... <laughs>
0: 2010 2010 um I remember I went to the savage beauty um exhibition oh yeah and um I, you know like how you you'd go through the room with the hologram and then oh, yeah. you'd have you looked up and you saw all the the, the weird um sea looking things yeah and then you move through you like you go through the um the 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 oriental inspired but it's like oriental it's american and then you've got the room with all the accessories yeah oh and then you've got the dress um from, i can't remember the the which collection that was but the with the spray where he spray painted the dress yes yeah and when you find out how he even came up with that dress it's like wild but um I remember standing in the middle and like there's all these people like walking around. And obviously, maybe some of them had been there like a few times, or whatever, but this is my first time seeing it. Um, my first time actually experiencing McQueen, like he passed by them, but like his work in the flesh. And I just started crying. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I just started crying because it's the, the high ceilings full of like accessories. Yeah and and like all these amazing ideas things he had started but he had not finished like uh, ironwork um woodwork yeah. like it was just incredible and i and i realized in that moment like we lost an um, like a good one like yeah. we actually lost a good one and yeah oh gosh i was weeping and everybody was looking at me like what the hell is yeah. with this one no.
1: <laughs> like get it together i really i really feel you i i mean i did the exact same thing. I uh, there is he was just a brilliant brilliant mind and he had this incredible ability to spot talent and bring talent together and direct talent and push people um to create this whole McQueen world of jewelry and and clothes and Runway and makeup. He was just a pure, pure designer. He was a genius. Yeah. He really was the definition of a genius. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. That, that, yeah.
1: Chills all the time. Mm-hmm.
0: And I just say, like, whoever listens to this, yeah, do look into McQueen because I think if no matter what type of creative you are, he speaks to that.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> well <architecture>, said.
0: <laughs> um, tailoring. Even commercial fashion, fine art painting, fine art sculpture, like anything you do, he he kind of has a piece of that in there. Yeah. And it's just like yeah, it, it yeah.
1: Absolutely. Oh my um, emotional. I yeah.
0: know, uh, right? He's like, swiftly moving on before the tears starts <laughs> again it was so embarrassing like i tell you i was literally there and i'm so short and i'm like weeping the people i'd come with had like left i'm
1: just there like listen i I, that exhibition i went to it like 10 times and i i took my dad there and i was like telling my dad at the time i was reading a huge amount about mcqueen and i was going around telling him like deep like so many details about like whatever w- there was and it got to the point, I'm not even joking there was people gathering around because they thought I was a tour guide <laughs> I
0: love it
1: yes
0: oh. oh lovely, I love it, I love that honestly I love that <laughs> like, like so, and you're not answering questions the tour guides are probably looking at you like who is this yeah. is she like, you, <laughs> you? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but like talking about like you know um moving on mistakes what creative mistakes have you kind of done that now with hindsight and the and the abilities that you've a- you've been able to kind of um develop you can spot before it even happens um and if there's somebody who's listening or you meet somebody and they're looking to kind of go down the path that you have what would you, what would be the one piece of advice you give them about you know cultivating their skills and carrying on, keeping calm and carrying on
1: I think the one thing that makes me uh that's really served me well um, so far in my artistic career, is I <laughs> I haven't waited for the right moment to uh, put my work out there, mm-hmm. um, which took some doing, I must admit. I mean, there was for a long time where I was like, I'm definitely not ready to start putting my work out there. I'm definitely not. Mm-hmm. And then I don't quite know what happened. I just thought, you know what, there is never a good time. Uh, mm-hmm. There is never a good time to do your first show, and I just did it. I just went for it in whatever situation I found myself in. With I just booked in my first solo show. I didn't. I didn't yeah. wait for a gallery to come along and pick me up. I, I was not yeah. disillusioned by that idea. That you know, mm-hmm. someone's gonna see me sketching in a cafe, and then you know, turn me into you know, the next Damien Hirst. The next day, I mm-hmm. have been had very much had that attitude of if I want something, I will make it happen, and I will not wait for anyone else to give me permission to do so. And mm-hmm. that's something that's very kind of intrinsically a part of my nature, and mm-hmm. I really feel like it's served me well um I know that maybe there are some people who come out of fine art school who would say mm-hmm. no you no, know, you know I'll wait for a gallery to pick me up then I'll be ready to put my work out there but mm-hmm. I, I, that's just not been my path um mm-hmm. and as a result I've kind of built this network around me of people who kind of believe in me who that they, mm-hmm. they believe in me and they um I I've I've trained them into think into res- into <laughs> respecting me for my practice I love that. Not, I'm not you know' I'm, there's there's a million other artists out there who are mm-hmm. 10 times more skilled than I am but one thing I would say to you know emerging artists out there or people who are thinking of taking their their hobby practice into a more professional practice is mm-hmm. you have to take responsibility for, you, the, your belief as an artist there is no such thing as a good, bad artist you decide whether you're going to be a, a great, per- prolific artist and if you believe it, other people will too if you mm-hmm. believe that your painting is worth trading for a box of chocolates or £10,000 that's mm-hmm. up to you but no one could do that for you and no one's going to come along and throw money at you you have to say you have to set those prices you have to go out there and make it happen and tell people that you are an artist and have that kind of confidence and self-belief and i i i did that for a long time before i truly believed it actually mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah
0: so leaving yourself and it will it will everything else will kind of essentially yeah yeah it, right? exactly yeah nice um do
1: you listen to music when you're creating do you have like a playlist on spotify or apple or whatever? I, i'm a huge fan of rye mm-hmm. uh oh i love rye so much i'm probably annoying my studio mates because i always play it um but rye i'm a big fan of i love listening to classical music yeah. when i paint but not like you know you get classical which is quite aggressive <laughs> yeah I don't like that <laughs> I like <it. laughs> yeah I like you know nocturnes and to be quite slow and gentle um yeah anything that's really gonna get me into that kind of that gap I would mm-hmm. say um what else but yeah I often I've been listening to my studio make Henrik's playlist Really right. good and I don't know where
0: it is. Is there a song on there that like when it comes on you're like Henrik?
1: We lead that please. Replay. Please. I just uh <laughs> I've got a song like that at the moment and it's called Nude by Radiohead A mm-hmm. Rye called Patience. Nice. And it always reminds me of my when I had my second solo show. Yeah. It's just it is so beautiful. I just think it's such a beautiful song. It moves me every time I hear it. Ah. Oh. Do
0: you have one song that you'd listen to? Okay. So you put it onto your playlist or you it's always on somebody else's playlist. You kinda of, you like the artist, but really and truly the song jars the soul from time to time. And you're like, oh, please skip oh. it. You know the song? The one that like you liked it at some point when it first came out. You probably had it on repeat. But now you're
1: like, <laughs> I love Lauren Hill so yeah. Have you heard the MTV Unplugged album of hers? I think so. It's so good. It's so like real. Mm-hmm. I went through a phase of listening to it like a lot, like just the <laughs> album on repeat all the time. And then, uh, one song, just want you around, that I was obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminded me of someone was with at the time, mm-hmm. and now when I hit, but that was a while ago, and now mm-hmm. here I, I just cringe a little bit, <laughs> it, a, little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> a lot, and it reminds me of that ex. It's like, ooh, yeah. But, oh yeah, <laughs> me, me, it's that, um
0: <sighs> what's it called, cheerleader. Now, it's one of those songs. Oh my god, I love that song. Oh, it, it's got similar, like, yeah, it reminds me of that year. It reminds me of the guy I was seeing that year. It reminds me of the effery I went through with that that year with that guy. And <laughs> I'm just every time somebody plays it, I'm like, listen,
1: I'm about to go ham <laughs> and also let's that song you know was it the thing is I loved the song at the time I enjoyed it but I also partly cringed at the fact that I liked it it's like exactly I really like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a fucking guilty pleasure anyway yeah dark that times. is exactly it <laughs>
0: dark dark times um <laughs> have you received <laughs> yeah yeah oh god no see so even thinking about it i'm like going back to that spot like i'm like
1: we won't we talk about it anymore it's, time, it's time, time. Time. We, oh. we, you knew better
0: okay you knew better you should have done better why <laughs> <laughs> and i used to dance like crazy to like, anyway, yeah. <laughs> do you remember that
1: okay okay
0: <laughs> oh god Oh, I remember when I heard it, I remember what I was, with. And, ooh, no, 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 no. The only good thing is I was skinny. Oh, that's, know, the, that's the only that's good, good thing. I looked cute. With the weird dance, <laughs> I was doing the song. But everything else, trash. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. <laughs> um have you ever received any good advice in your creative field or even outside of your creative field that you've kind of held on to and you you know you you take you you, you've now used that as you know the motivation to carry on sometimes and it kind of shaped who you are as a creative
1: Uh, I've I've had many of those moments mm-hmm. before, actually. Um, I've had many of those moments before, and I remember it really like drastically shaping me. But I can't remember them. Hang on, let me. Mm. Again, I didn't prepare this one. I should have thought about this. I okay. I okay this is going to sound ridiculous because i can't actually remember what it said Mm -hmm. which is really annoying but i remember being traveling through in in, through the states on my own when i was like 21 Mm -hmm. um and i was in this really cool arty part of san francisco Mm -hmm. i was quite lost at the time Mm -hmm. i was quite lost i didn't I thought I think I knew I had maybe some kind of gift but I didn't really know how to what to do with it mm-hmm. and uh, I was just a bit lost and I remember being in this really interesting bar and meeting this really cool guy he was a poet mm-hmm. and he told me that he would he worked for Apple at the Apple store mm-hmm. and he would commute like an hour and a half on the train every single day like just one way and on the journey there and back he was writing poetry on the train mm-hmm. and he he wrote something on a piece of paper I mm-hmm. put it in my pocket and we really connected that night and he wrote something with his paper, put it in my pocket and he said don't read it until later oh my gosh and I was like okay fine so i actually just forgot about it mm-hmm. weirdly enough maybe i'd had a couple drinks <laughs> i was on a bike ride like this this cheesy group bike ride thing yeah. and we were going along the golden gate bridge mm-hmm. and we stopped right in the middle of the golden Gate, the golden Gate bridge to you know look over the water and the the views of the city mm-hmm. and in that moment you know with the wind in my hair and like just the views of the America I I I remember that I had this piece of paper in my pocket Mm -hmm. and I pulled out this piece of paper and I read it and I just burst into tears and I I I can't remember exactly what it said but it's incredibly poignant about something about life and following your heart and following your dreams Mm -hmm. no matter what and just laughing your way through it it was something along the lines of that yeah and uh it really changed my life. I remember that moment. For some reason, it just really changed my life. I just thought, I'm gonna have to follow my gut and my dreams and and go through the, the pain of not knowing what I want, not being sure, mm-hmm. not having enough money. You know. And I I, I did it. I just went through it. Mm-hmm. Um, sad. I can't remember what the quote was. Uh, okay. Um,
0: like whenever you tell that story, like oh my gosh. <laughs> you need to like actually you don't even need to embellish, embellish it anymore like that is a movie that is literally really movies. yes I love that oh really god. you had me at the pub oh my gosh like sleepers in theater type
1: great. really oh god you know you had I've had poem. some amazing moments like this before I don't know how or why I just have oh, write a book that
0: that whole thing that's that's
1: thank you oh i feel i feel so lucky to have experienced it yeah oh my god it's that guy poet you were in san francisco you were
0: right mate (laughs) (laughs) i love that oh i love that thank you um so i'm guessing like you know you're now taking your art very seriously and you're treating it like you're, you're treating yourself as a business yeah yeah um is it is it something that you would advise everybody to do or is it a case of you have to be a certain type of individual because it is it is kind of like you know tasking like we were saying earlier you have to market yourself you have to do this you have to navigate social media yeah Uh, is it something you you would say yeah now pursue it because it's great and You'll be doing something that you love, so you won't have to work a day in your life, which is like the biggest lie we've've been told. but yeah, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> no, no, this is it's a good point. i i I think you have to ask yourself what kind of artist you want to be? Mm-hmm. There are so many different avenues to the art world. You know you might just want to be an you might you might want to be an art teacher. you might want to be an illustrator. Or you might just wanna, you know, travel the world and and be able to capture your, you know, the people you meet. Um, or you might want to be a, a major um, name in the art world with, you know, top gallery representation. Mm-hmm. And you, you you've got to find the best avenue to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may not be doing it the way I'm doing it, you know, I'm, um, it's, it's, it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I can be a full time artist, not just financially, but also, uh, in terms of the maturity of my mentality. Mm -hmm. A a couple of years ago, I would I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have known how to fill my day Mm -hmm. with painting. I just... i I would have messed me up in my head if i had tried to do that um i just wasn't ready for it Mm -hmm. um i back then i was absolutely fine with just having a part-time job right and then in my spare time doing you know my artwork my studying without any kind of pressure Mm -hmm. from the outside world because you've got to be ready for that um you've got to be you've got to really know yourself Mm -hmm. um in order to market yourself and brand yourself you've really got to know who you are and what you really believe in yeah um that's hard that's that can be hard because as an artist i think a lot of artists it's in our nature to evolve um Mm -hmm. and to change and branding yourself can seem kind of daunting because it feels like you're fixing yourself into something so you've got to really know who you are in order to to brand yourself, but in a truthful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it, I, does. Of it us? does.
0: No, you're right. Like, as much as everybody says, like, you need to, if you want to be a creative and make money, you have to treat yourself as a business. Mm-hmm. That statement is all good and fine, but what does it mean? You know? Yeah. I mean, what does treat yourself? Act, as a business actually mean it does mean you have to brand yourself you have to know yourself as well you have to kind of be aware of your highs your lows your shortcomings your yeah because any business can be successful but it can very easily topple over if the business itself doesn't have its own identity if it doesn't have its own branding yeah
1: so yeah you're, you're exactly you know you said, right <clears throat> exactly yeah you got it
0: um fun question would you rather lose the ability to lie or believe everything you're told
1: (laughs) definitely lose my ability to lie without a shadow of a doubt
0: yeah
1: i mean lying isn't useful anyway no it's really not um (laughs) i think i'd be a much better artist (laughs) if i couldn't lie (laughs) yeah i think we'd all be better off if we just couldn't lie because we couldn't lie to ourselves and that's usually the kind of uh yeah but i I think it's wrong at that point
0: like well what if you meet somebody right and you don't really want to be with them them. and you can't you can't if you can't lie you'd have to just end up going on that date and now you you know not every experience is coffee in a nice coffee shop and then going on a bike ride on the Golden Gate Bridge. That experience is, you know,
1: no, I don't want to, leave me alone. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you, you, you've got a point. And it would be annoying if I went on like a, a date with someone and I was like, listen, I've come all the way here, but the reality is I don't want to be here. And I think, I think you, uh, you know, Oh, then you have yeah. a funny haircut <laughs> You know?
0: You can never tell that. You can you just like oh, oh, oh. child? Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I guess if they really like you, they'll they'll laugh at it. And they'll be like, you know, you're charming. That's charming you're, you're, you're brutally wanted yeah. <laughs> oh, good one. Yeah. I like
0: that. Um if you could have dinner with three people dead or alive who would you have your dinner with and um, what would you have for your main course?
1: Uh, Oh shit, I forgot to prepare this answer. I I would love to meet Leonardo da Vinci. Find out. I mean, I've read... Papers and articles on his techniques, mm-hmm. which have been very insightful. But I'm so sure he has some secrets that he's never told anyone yeah. about his techniques. And I would just love to, you know, have a little flirt with him over some wine, and be like, "So, you know, uh, hey, Leah, you know the Mona Lisa. I, so, uh, <laughs> tell us how you did that, <laughs> that cheeky paint." And I won't tell him that it's worth like millions, fucking billions. Yeah, very much. I'll be like, yeah, it's in some garage somewhere. No. Like, all right, then. Oh, yeah, wow. You. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> I would definitely love to meet Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. Um, I would love to meet Jesus Christ. Ooh. I would love to meet Jesus Christ. I think Jesus was, from, you know, what I've read about him and what I've experienced, uh-huh. you know, the... the with Jesus Mm -hmm. I mean I'm not I wouldn't consider myself religious Mm -hmm. but I'm I've uh, spiritual connection is just it's so important to my life and my work Mm -hmm. and I have had some very profound surprisingly I mean I'm Jew born Jewish Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I've never really had a I wasn't brought up to Christianity Mm -hmm. and I have had some deeply profound experiences fairly recently Mm -hmm. Uh, whilst looking at Jesus on the cross and in that moment I had this connection with him and I would love to experience him Um, there was just something so real Mm -hmm. about Jesus I think he's one of the few religious icons that I feel really accepts his humanity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's in that acceptance of humanity that made him so godly and I found that I find it really interesting I would just love to I'd love to meet him and you know find out about his views on life mm-hmm. and hopefully in in a more modern English mm. because sometimes when I'm reading you know the uh, um various passages from the bible Mm -hmm. it does need interpretation yeah (laughs) um yeah (laughs) say the least yeah um so that would be the second person and then the third person was i feel like i need to pick a woman (laughs) as a feminist i should probably pick a woman so let me have a think about Oh, you know what, I haven't got a woman tomorrow, which is really annoying, but I really would love to meet, I should say McQueen, but I don't think I would want to meet McQueen. Yeah, sometimes don't meet your heroes. It's not everyday meet your hero. Well, that's it. That's it, uh, I'm not sure it would be a good idea. Salvador Dali would be a great person to yeah. be, but actually yeah. probably really fucking annoying as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. I reckon sitting at a dinner table with Salvador Dali would be so annoying. you yeah. would be like, you'd like, probably do something like take my dinner and like throw it on the floor. Exactly.
0: And it was embarrassing, <laughs> you've got Jesus on one hand, you've got, you know, Leonardo
1: um, DiCaprio. I was about to say DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? No, I- I would sit down with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> fair, as long as he'll kiss me, at the end. yeah. Yeah, I'd like sit that. on
0: his lap. <laughs> <laughs> like, a chair, no, honey. I'm sitting on my lap. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> But like, you know, you've got it out like just doing some crazy stuff. It's like, oh, I'm so bad. Nice. I'm so sorry, you guys. Salve, calm down. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: that's brilliant. Uh, maybe a member of royalty like Ooh. Louis the is it Louis the 16th oh yeah the guy the guy from the from the palace of Versailles yeah ruled France so the, was it was it Louis, or Louis yeah, the I think 16th Louis the 16th I believe it's 16th I would love okay I, you see this is so typical I, I, I I've I've in my life I've been very inspired by Men and I don't think it's because it's men. It's just that it seems men always seem to be in these positions of power, mm. and I've it, it just so happens to be men. You know, mm. it, it, this is a you know a, something we so we typically see throughout history. Mm-hmm. Women are always the kind of forlorn creature in the corner. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be. Oh, okay. Okay, C- cut all that out. Okay? I'll tell you who I'm going to mean. Cleopatra. Yes. Cleopatra. How did I not think of that? I yes. think that woman was, she was just iconic. Yeah. And it would work was work so... with your ethos. Very sexual. Exactly. Exactly. She kind of used her sexuality in a way that would advance her career, advance her status in society, and the way she died, you know, she so badly didn't want to give herself to the state, Mm -hmm. she ended up killing herself. I just think, but it was so, it was so romantic, the whole thing, and and powerful, and I never, throughout hearing her story, I never felt sorry for her. No. She always, she chose her life, she made all the decisions herself, and you know, you could argue that it was a tragic ending, but it was her choice. Mm-hmm. Everything was always her choice. And throughout history, there's always this kind of idea that women didn't have a choice, mm-hmm. and it aggravates me. She was incredible. I yeah. would sit down, Cleopatra, and I'd soak her vibes up. Nice. nice.
0: Yeah. Um. I'm coming to that dinner. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. sit in the corner, but I'm coming to that dinner. I want to get what, what, like, you guys are talking about. I'll be the little reporter on the, on the side so that like, wouldn't like people are like, trying to fact check up. I was there, okay. <laughs> Say something, I'll be your troll,
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Deal, deal.
0: Um, You're there. before you go, I've really had fun. Thank you for, for
1: joining me, to meet, too. Uh, no, my pleasure, thank you me. so much. Um,
0: before you go, when it's all said and done, um, what do you hope when? You know the people are now viewing your your work in the galleries, and they you know they're coming up with their own theories. What what do you hope they kind of capture in your work? What's the message? You know, if, if, as you're starting because it probably is going to evolve, but mm-hmm. as you're starting and you're, you're you know you've done your your, your first two shows, mm-hmm.
1: what what's the one work is. There should always be a strong connection with the viewer and the person in the painting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want the painting to make the viewer, I want it to touch their soul. I want them to recognize something in themselves and hopefully to understand something about uh, women that they perhaps didn't understand before. Um, and, And to understand something about themselves and and for it to revive something in themselves I've had people who've bought my work because they felt like they felt fed in love Mm -hmm. with the person in the painting and that's for me that's my 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 job Mm -hmm. that's kind of my dharma and my purpose in life Mm -hmm. is to paint someone's soul and to help reflect that back into the viewer
0: honestly thank you for for joining me today um before you go let the people know where to find you on socials um how to to contact you etc
1: yes i'm i'm on instagram um abby joy samuel art abby is spelled with A B I. um just you know if you're listening to this and you have any questions or you know have anything you want to say you or you just want to reach out you know please feel free to drop me a message and and we can have a, a chat so that's abby joy samuel art awesome abby it's been great thank, thank, you, thank you so, so much.
0: much um have a good rest of your day and your week and
1: yeah you too great thank you so much take care you too bye Han. bye
0: Please follow us on Instagram at Masipan Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think of the show.